Tito's and Shiner Gonna be an all-nighter And I just might find her At the Whataburger line Dance halls and women But man, I'm wishing That I was fishing by the river tonight In Texas it's the final countdown. It's the Texas countdown. It's the Texas Cowtown. <laughs> I think that we are ready to go. What do you think? I think we're ready. One, two, three. Howdy, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast and yours, the Texas Podcast, the show about some things Texas and some things not. We have got a awesome episode and special interview in store for you with the one, the only, Tucker Max. Really great interview. Great interview. We're covered in blood. We're cr- covered in dirt. Covered in all sorts of detritus. To clarify for all of you true crime fans out there, we're not covered in the blood of humans or the dirt of a grave. Yet. Not yet. That is <laughs> next episode. Next episode. Before we get to that episode or to our segments or the interview, as always, we've got a couple of not sponsors who in no way, shape, or form, fund this podcast. Even though they should, if we're being honest. If we're, I mean, everyone should. Look, this is the best podcast in Texas, about Texas, around Texas, maybe even the world. And Manscaped says so. And Manscaped believes in us. Code TEXISH, 20% off at checkout. More on that later. Seth, who is our first not sponsor? Our first not sponsor is the TV show from Paramount, Yellowstone. 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 Are you a middle-aged housewife who needs a little spice in her life? <laughs> Look at Rip. He's a sexy cowboy that you all seem to love and appreciate. Yellowstone. The men watch it because they want to be cowboys, and the women watch it because they want to do cowboys. (laughs) Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Taylor Sheridan was abused as a child. Yellowstone. 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 Woke people are like, is that what cowboys are like? And cowboys are like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yellowstone. It's the godfather on a ranch. Yellowstone, it's like Texas, but in Wyoming. Yellowstone, we promise it's not a cash grab. Yellowstone, it's not Nat Geo, it's Yellowstone. Yellowstone, it's actually called the Dutton Ranch, and they titled it Yellowstone, but it's still called the Yellowstone. They have, like, brands on their chest. It's a really confusing little (laughs) bit, but at the end of the day, it's the best performing show on television, and they don't sponsor us. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Total transparency. I've never watched it. Mm Mm-hmm. I would like. I'm a huge Taylor Sheridan fan. Oh, I actually just watched Hell or High Water for the seventh time Dude, last I, night. I, I legitimately think I've watched Hell or High Water more than any other movie except my favorite movie. Ten Things I Hate About You. Correct. Fair. Which I mean, you have more years. Yes, on exactly. That one. So um, I'll catch up maybe. But so I've never watched it until this year. Mm-hmm. I thought that people were referring to a planet Earth type of thing. It, I thought they were referring to like a documentary or something. Okay. And so I just found out that it's like a Kevin Costner. Yeah, it's like, okay, 
All right, so you you didn't know that it was a fictional series. <laughs> I had no idea. It I is. thought people were just really loving oh, some it is, Disney docu-series. They don't sponsor us, and I I would kill people to be in that universe. It's it, it, it is already spawned off two different like sub series, which is I, I need to catch up. I know that. Also, you're going to kill somebody. So I guess we will have our true crime. Oh, absolutely. Pretty soon. I fully our expect to kill somebody. Other not sponsor. Our other not sponsor for this episode is journalist. They'll give you your true opinion and then make you edit it out later. Journalists. journalists. They never say what they mean, but they always say what they don't mean. Journalists, journalists. subtweeting every day since 2005. Journalists. journalists they convince us of things that they don't even believe journalists <laughs> i don't even have anything else to add we're just That's, gonna leave it right i'm there. just gonna leave it right there also you know uh we have nothing to add there journalists not sponsored p.s we kind of mean that but we also kind of don't get the joke anyway <laughs> also your your neck is looking really clean have you, you been, know my uh, neck my neck feels unbelievably good right now yeah and there's a reason for it well what's that reason well i know that they're technically a below the belt grooming company uh-huh. but i couldn't help but test it out yeah and it works it's that lawn fo- that lawnmower 4.0 baby. lawnmower 4.0 lawnmower baby. 4.0 shaving balls and buttholes since 2021 the lawnmower 4.0 gets rid of dingleberries no dingleberries here if you like your dingleberries that's cool but if you want to wipe faster, lawnmower clean that 4.0. up with the lawnmower 4.0. I did like three days ago, and my poop time has gone down by about 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and now when I get out of the shower and I dry off, I don't have to realize, oh, right. got to pick that out. Hey, man, I, I had no idea the time I was going to get back in my life. Because Thank you, Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped. Discount code for 20% off and free shipping, TEXISH, all capitals, capital T-E-X-I-S-H, at manscaped.com. Men, go get you the best below-the-belt groomer on the planet, the Lawnmower 4.0. And like we just pointed out, it's not just about making your wee-wee look a little bit bigger. It's about getting rid of your dingleberries and getting back time in your day. Lawnmower 4.0. If you're willing to lose everything, you can gain up to an inch. <laughs> Lawnmower 4.0. Just skip through this part, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i got right. a uh, really fun slightly uh relevant mm. day in texas history once upon a time in texas history once upon a time i like to refer to this day in texas history as the day that mediocrity was born okay others refer to it as the day that the dallas cowboys were founded fantastic it was uh the dallas cowboys were established on january 26th 1960 mm. 61 years ago so Hey, there's this whole crowd. They're kind of like Yellowstone fans. Yeah. There's all these 40 year old men and above who just love the Cowboys. Well, and this this podcast will be released almost on their anniversary. So happy anniversary. Happy anniversary Dallas to Cowboys profound mediocrity. Making grown men cry since the 1960s. I was talking to mom the other day and the Cowboys just lost mm-hmm. their whatever their it is, playoff they game lost. that they just lost like they always do. the whole thing like they always do and it's funny because we're used to that yeah if they even make the playoffs mm-hmm. they're gonna lose that's what we've, all, we've much, only yeah. ever seen the cowboys lose period but we've also only ever seen the cowboys lose playoff games 
And I was talking to mom and she said, yeah, I walked like five miles yesterday because dad was yelling at the TV so loud. Oh, man. That I had to leave. And our dad is such an amazing man. And he's so counter to a lot of like stereotypical guy tropes. But yeah. That's one that it it baffles me. It's every archetype. Time. It's so it archetypical. Barstool quarterback. Man. It's Monday quarterback it's, barstool coach. Oh, Just. Man, it is hilarious. So yeah, I would like to credit the Cowboys for giving grown men hemorrhoids since January twenty eighth, nineteen sixty. Dallas Cowboys. Even white men need trauma. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Even white men need something legitimate to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i think i should filter my thoughts and then i remember like the whole point of this is to not have to the whole point of this platform is no well yeah. i'm just gonna point out really quick we have been approached by many people some mm-hmm. friends some random some, people yeah. that say share your opinions more yeah which i translate to just don't filter yourself as much. right same because I think it has become obvious that we're trying not to get canceled a lot, which just makes it not as. Fun. I mean, in fairness, you can't cancel somebody who hasn't been like greenlit. Yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> speaking of greenlit, manscaped.com, twenty percent uh, off code Texas. Don't fire us. Our small town of the week is the wonderful little gemstone, China, Texas. Mm. China is a city in Jefferson County, Texas, United States. The population was. 1,160 at the 2010 census. It is part of the Beaumont-Port Arthur Metropolitan Statistical Area. Beaumont, otherwise known as Big Money, Texas. Mm. So a little bit of background. China was first known as China Grove as a water stop for the Texas and New Orleans Railroad that sat amidst a grove of China berry trees. Don't forget, get those China berries out your butthole. Manscaped, Texas, 20% off. (laughs) Hey, they gave us permission. What does a China berry look like? Uh, like, a, like a dingleberry? Like a dingleberry. Fair. Um, I don't have them anymore, so I can't show you. <laughs> Lawnmower 4.0. In the 1860s, a small community grew around the water stop and another few miles away named Nashland. A post office with the name China was established there in 1893. When fire destroyed the China Grove Depot in 1906, the railroad rebuilt in the larger Nashland area but retained the established name China as the name of the depot. The National Post Office changed its name to China shortly afterward. It wasn't until 1971 that the now-merged community voted to incorporate as the city China, Texas. China, Texas. So there was a time there when China burned down but then took over Nashland. Mm-hmm. And then like a be- phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah, exactly. China, Kinda, Texas. It's like Pawnee and... Uh, uh, um, Somethington. Um, uh, Eagleton. Eagleton. Pawnee and yeah, Eagleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And another just, there's a lot of pretty cool things about China, but one really interesting thing. In 1999, Disney celebrated the video release of Mulan, the original animated Mulan, in China, Texas. They built a miniature version of the Great Wall of China on what used to be the Henderson Middle School, now China Elementary School football field. They had all sorts of games and showings of the animated feature film in the school's library. Do you think at any point in time, the Disney executives behind the production were like, build that wall, build that wall. But like, like the, as yeah. the little build that little, little did they know wall. That, that's that where would, it started. Uh, oh, sad. I knew Disney was racist. Yeah, there um, we go. Everyone knows. <laughs> Everyone knows. Everyone Disney. knows at this point. Yeah. 
<laughs> but China, Texas, that's really You cool, know man. what's really, really racist? Backpedaling all of the white-only characters you used to put on until someone said, it about, said something about it. Do you know what's super racist? Performative wokeism. Yeah. You know what's super racist? Virtue sig- Most signaling. Most people's grandparents? Yeah. Most, most, <laughs> most, most, most people's grandparents. Speaking of grandparents. <laughs> okay. Impeccable segue there. Nice. Thanks, man. Do you want to hear about our badass? I always want to hear about our badass. Badass of the week. His name is Samuel Burke Bennett. Went by Burke. Okay. Now, while he was born in Bates County, Missouri in 1849, he did very quickly make it to Texas as a cattleman. He even died in Fort Worth on June 27th of 1922. And the reason that we're talking about him today ties into our episode. Okay. Because while he was famous as a cattleman, mm-hmm. one of the most interesting things about him was his friendship with a guy named Quanta Parker. I know who Quanta Parker is. As do I. And now, I didn't do Quanta Parker because mm-hmm. I feel like he deserves a whole episode. Yeah, with S.E. Gwynn. With S.E. <laughs> Gwynn, because I think that's, putting that out into the universe, that's how we should do that. Yeah, for but sure. But just a quick you know, piece of background, Quanta Parker was maybe the most famous Comanche of all time. Yeah. He was, you know, the chief of the largest amount of Comanches. Yeah. He, he was really the only, the only, he like, was the first and only chief that of united the Comanche, multiple Comanche tribe. tribes. Yeah. Um, his mom was Sarah, uh, Sarah, Sarah Parker. Je- Sarah Parker. <laughs> Sarah, uh, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker. Parker. <laughs> Cynthia Ann Parker. Cynthia Ann Parker. Cynthia yeah. Ann Parker. Cynthia Ann Parker. Um, a lot of really cool history there. Yeah. But... Quanta Parker was really responsible for starting to bring Native American cultures to the people who mm-hmm. were taking over the land. And yeah. I'm not here to make judgments on that. What was cool about their friendship is Quanta credited Burke with being one of the only friendly yeah. cattlemen at the time because mm-hmm. everybody was pretty much opposed to the Native Americans. They were, you know, using Texas Rangers to flush them out. And, yeah. you know, basically they were at war. Yeah. But Burke looked at the way they were, you know, uh, ranching bison in some ways and even cattle in some mm-hmm. instances and was like, you know what? The way that they're taking care of the land is better than we're doing it. He was one and of the only, to learn. he was one of the only people that said, Hey, I think the not white people are doing it right. I mean, honestly, pretty much. Yeah. He was one of the, you know, historically one of the first people to take what they were doing and apply it to, you know, his business. Yeah. While giving them credit. Mm -hmm. And throughout Quanta Parker's life, he would help him out monetarily, Mm -hmm. help him out with business, um, employ, you know, parts, you know, other parts of his tribe. Really interesting friendship there. And there's a, you know, obviously there's a lot to dig into, but just a little bit more about Burke. Uh, he purchased 100 head of cattle, which were branded 666. Six. Six. <laughs> from Frank Crowley during the panic of 1873. And he drove the herd, which had grown to 1,100 steers, to Wichita, Kansas, and sold them for $10,000, making him a fortune at that time. Later, he purchased. 1,300 more and drove them along the famous Chisholm Trail to the open uh, open range land by the Little Wichita River where he uh, purchased land near Wichita, Texas, before the town was actually built. Now, during the drought, he moved all of his cattle to Big Pasture in southwestern Oklahoma where he rented 300,000 acres of land where his 10,000 head at this point were grazing. Meanwhile, his son was working as a cowhand on the Big Pasture. Now, in 1900, 
Burnett purchased the 8 Ranch, later known as the Four Sixes Ranch near Guthrie, Texas, from the Louisiana Land and Cattle Company. Which was just purchased. Which was just purchased. Yeah. By Taylor Sheridan. Yes, exactly. And now, to put that in perspective, the, the entire ranch was sold by this guy's, I think, granddaughter or great-granddaughter. Great-granddaughter, I think. Who, um, and then... Sheridan represented a big group yeah. that bought out the ranch for mm-hmm. over $300 million. Yeah. This ranch is huge, and mm-hmm. there are multiple parts. I, th- I read something. It's one of the biggest. It's one of the biggest. So I'm just going to real In Texas quick. and the country. So the Four Sixes is in King County, Texas, um, and it is 350,000 acres. 350,000 acres. That is absolutely massive. That's massive. So, so huge. And this... <laughs> What's interesting about Burnett's purchase mm-hmm. is there's a little bit of a folktale that goes along with it. Yeah. It is said that he won the ranch in a hand of cards when he got four sixes. That's wild. <laughs> Ergo naming the ranch four sixes. four sixes. Now, the family denies that legend yeah. as they would, but and says that it's because his first hundred head of cattle was branded with four sixes. Yeah. So they tied And that, that sounds in. more true. And that's probably true, but I like to think But that it's he, fun. I like to think that at one point Here's there was the a card thing game. about legends and myths. They're fun. They're fun. There's a famous saying, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Do you know who said that? Mark Twain? Correct. Wait, was I really? You're right, yeah. Oh, cool. Absolutely. Mark Twain and probably Matthew McConaughey. And uh, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey would probably say it and be like, yeah, my dad said it. There you go. But basically, Burke had a very interesting life, raising cattle, yeah. buying ranches, interacting with the Comanche, and eventually died in Fort Worth. He was, you know, he died after being head of the uh, board of the directors of the First National Bank of Fort Worth. He was also involved in the Fort Worth Stock Show, which we were at recently. Such a really interest, such a cool guy. Such but, a cool guy. But the main thing that I think makes him a Texas badass is the establishment of the Four Sixes and his friendship with Quanta Parker. That which ties is amazing. into what we're about to be talking about with Tucker Max as we look at going back to a way of harvesting animals that is more connected to the spirituality of it all. Exactly. And just the spirituality of the actual act of harvesting the animal, but also the spirituality of eating and knowing where your food comes from. It's important. Super important. We have a great, awesome conversation with Tucker Max. He was so kind and generous to Mm -hmm. Let us join him on what was really a dad and kid trip to Rome Ranch, which is owned and operated by the founders of Epic mm-hmm. Bars and Force of Nature Meats, which are available at HEB. Go check those out. Yeah. Got to meet some awesome people, got to harvest this bison, and sit with Tucker and talk about why he has chosen Texas as home why they are building a ranchette to be operational, to be where their food comes from, Mm -hmm. where they raise their kids. Yeah, we have such a great conversation. It's also live on our YouTube channel. As we speak. As we speak. Go check it out, Texas Pod. But before we get to the interview here, we do have one quick word from our real sponsor. This is Settle In. This is our first real ad read, guys. Would you like to? It's you, man. It's me? All right. (laughs) We're new. 
I'm not going to edit this little fluff out at all. We're yeah. real. We are authentic This here. is raw. Support for the Texas podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That means balls. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million, that's a lot, men worldwide. That's 8 million balls. Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for you guys. You get 20% off and free, that's F-R-E-E, worldwide shipping with the code TEXISH, capital T-E-X-I-S-H, at manscaped.com. Now... You and I have both used the Manscaped tool, haven't we? We have both used our own separate lawnmower. Just to clarify, if we, we used, used the same own, one, that would be gross. That'd be disgusting. And I just want people to imagine the smoothness that they could experience by using the the lawnmower 4.0. It's so gentle. I'm not even one to groom in that particular way. I almost always use a guard because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of snagging and nicking. You don't have to worry about that at all. No snags, no nicks. Manscaped does such a good job of giving you like a good instruction manual, like mm-hmm. opening the box right out. You get this. This is how we want you to use the tool. This is how it works best. Here are all the features. It's got a nice light on it so you can see what you're doing, which I found super valuable. Actually. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And for real, the way it's designed and the way it glides across that sensitive skin is unparalleled. It is. I spent about an extra five minutes just running it over the skin. Cause it, it just, was it gentle, vibrating caress it's like a little gift for yourself it really is it's it's a gift to you and it's a gift to the world and here's the thing no lady that i know of has ever been like man that penis looks good no i literally know no no woman i've ever and we get that but there's a different response from like it's hairy and oh you trimmed just by giving it that little bit of extra attention you can show them that you care. Yes. Not just about yourself, but about them. Exactly. So really, it's a gift that you can give to yourself and your lover. Mm-hmm. Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code T-E-X-I-H. That's Texish. You at... just spelled it incorrectly. Did I do? Did I really? <laughs> you forgot the S. Oh, no. <laughs> don't, use just, like, don't use that code. Use this code. Capital T-E-X-I-S-H, that's Texish, at manscapes.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using our code. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Once again, that's code T-E-X-I-S-H, all capitals for how much, Seth? 20% off and free shipping, Gunner. Where at? Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com, lawnmower 4.0, 20% off, free worldwide shipping, Code Texas at checkout. And without further ado, Tucker, Tucker Max. Max. Give me enough restaurant Give me enough pictures. Restaurant pictures yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I bet it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you 50% of what people rave about is the is weirdness the and the exclusivity mm-hmm. and yeah. the all of That's that. That's why right? Alinea never like enticed me. It, yeah, like, so I've been. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to all of his. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll tell you what was better was um, Anaru Kansu's Moto. 
mm-hmm. which is like we should not talk about this podcast because no one will Nobody, know what the yeah, fuck so we're just, talking yeah, about yeah. the worst. This is so for like, me. This is, I, this is a yeah, yeah. We love food. So, yeah, so we love just food. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. So, so Aru <laughs> Cantu uh, is yeah. like one of the guys who really taught Grant um, molecular gastronomy. And his place, Moto, was one of the original molecular gastronomy places in, in Chicago. Chicago. And he ended up killing himself. Uh, I remember that, yeah. right. So he's an artist. His place was way better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like a true Dude, torture a true, artist. Yeah, just... Dude, I'm telling I have never had it. Once in my life, mm-hmm. I've had a dish that was so good, I had to go into the kitchen and ask them, how yeah. the fuck did you make this? Yeah. yeah. It was at Moto. What was it? Like, what was the Dude, it was the dead simplest thing. Yeah. And I think it they, always were, is. they were slow playing it. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a roasted pork shoulder, mm-hmm. but they had like, it had like a coconut mix and a little teeny bit of lime and what, yeah. like if I, if I describe it to you, you're like, okay, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And you're like, no, you, no, don't, dude, you don't understand. You don't understand. Yeah. Like <laughs> you had a spiritual <laughs> experience right. when you right. ate it, the they, textures. It, it, it yeah, must yeah. have been, either they weren't telling me everything. Which, or or yeah. it was the absolute best, like pastured Berkshire mm-hmm. ham, which I'm sure it was, or, or yeah, pig, yeah. and the way they cured it, and the way they roasted it, and the coconut milk, yeah. and then like everything must have been like the best ingredients. I don't know. There was something about it though. Yeah. Like literally, I'm like, can I have more? And the, like the chef was lying, like, yeah, dude, like give me a little, and I ate it there, like almost like a, yeah. You know, like you ever seen a Buddhist eat, and they're like. Um, Reverence, and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it was transcendent. Dang, I can honestly say I understand. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I totally. Once you have understand. a dish like that, it's like, oh my like, god. Oh, dang. Oh, I'll tell you the other one too, Morea in New York, which mm-hmm. it's still there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Michael White's place. It, it is. You could actually go there and get this. It's not even that expensive. It's like thirty-five bucks a dish. Right. Um, they have bone marrow fusilli. Octopus. Yes. Ooh. No, I'm telling you, this is, this is. If I had to pick a dish that you can get now, yeah, that would be it. Okay. The best dish that exists right now in the world. I'll be in New York in February. I. I'll okay, put, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, you should go. Get a get a reservation of Maria. Yeah. Just sit at the bar if you have yeah. to, and you're. Trust me. Try not to eat. If you're gonna have lunch, whatever, but have an early lunch. Yeah. Not too big, because you're gonna eat it. And then you're going to want to order another one to eat again. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have, ask me how I know. Because <laughs> I will go there, and I will get a full one, and then for dessert, I'll get a half one, and I'm not kidding. And yeah. just down it all. I'm, dude, you don't understand. You don't understand. No, no, no. So because, no, you, right, so is, yeah. Yeah, let me, I'll explain the, 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 the molecular acid, why this is so good. So they take baby octopus. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, uh, they, they, they put, uh, you know, like, they take the garlic, and said butter, and then they scrape out bone marrow, right, from like cow, yeah. and then really get that liquefied. Just, right. Then they put uh, the, you know, the marinara sauce, basic, really simple, amazing San Marzano tomatoes, and, and, and really get that, like, and that by itself, you know, yeah. is really good. But what happens is you put the octopus in, and they have like, a, you know, the, 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 you know, like not gelatin, but they have their, you know, the, the like a slime chutney. Sh- yeah, 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 yeah. No, they have the slime on them, right? Yeah. Whatever, I forget what it's called. But they have the, the that that film. And membrane. So, uh, what? Membrane? Is it a yes. membrane? Yeah, yes. sort of. It's yeah, not sure. a mem- but it's like you know, it's like a, a gooey, you know, yeah. uh, thing. Right. So, uh, uh, like a almost like a gelatin, and what ends up happening is that it bonds with molecularly bonds with the um, the marrow. 
the mill. And so then you put the fusilli in, right? Which is you know, like a little yeah. corkscrew pasta, right? Yeah. You put it in and it coats that. And so you get this, it's it's hard to describe the flavor because like you have it and it's like, it's not an overwhelming flavor. It's just like amazing. Mm-hmm. And then every bite's more amazing. Yeah. And it's so amazing. You like, can't like, it's like, oh my God. You're overwhelmed is, by what you're right, actually experiencing. Right, but it's yeah. not, not through intensity, through depth. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's garlic and whatever. And so it's, it's got a really good punch but it's not, you can have amazing, a ton of dishes that have an amazing intensity, but, um, which is cool. Intensity and depth is also cool. This is, this has a depth like nothing else. Man. It's just yeah, like it's, that unctuous. Uh, telling you. We can do a whole other podcast. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Marea, bone marrow fusilli, octopus. Two of them. Dose. Two um, of them. So four, because so, it's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so like. A, It'll the, be me and my girl, so order, four. Order one. Yeah. And I'm just t- yeah. Don't try and share. Yeah. I made that oh no. No no no. We don't. No, we no, we don't no, share. No. They don't share at no. all. Yeah. That's, <laughs> we're rolling. And we're rolling uh, I I'm gonna just stay on the food track and we'll get yeah, to just that. a little bit. I'm curious. Awesome. Yeah. In the food realm, what's the most disappointing meal you've had or mm. dish you've had? Oh man, there's been so so many of the three Michelin star. Yeah. Or two Michelin star places. That do like you know the fancy small like prefix it's the menus, tasting right? menu yeah, yeah. thing. Tasting menu, like eighteen courses or ten courses, twelve courses, and they're all the small little things and bites. That is so hard to get right. Mm-hmm. So hard. But so many chefs think that's the apotheosis of food, right? Yeah. I have to be doing this the way that the greats do it so to that be I can a get great my star. Right. I have to be yeah. like Joel Rubichon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, um, uh, you know, uh, Grant A. Schatz or whatever. Yeah. And so like, but they can't do it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, it's not an insult to them. That's no. just like that's like saying not everybody's Jose Andres. Like, you, you can't expect to operate at that right. level. It's like it's like a dude playing in the NBA trying to be Jordan. It's like, dude, go be the best. You're, first yeah. of all, you're in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. And just go be who you are. Yeah. Play your and, game. Right. You can even win a championship, yeah. maybe. But, but you're not gonna be him. Yeah. Because right? like the most recent, one of the most recent Michelin star restaurants is this little like Thai kitchen shack in London. And all they do is two dishes. They make chicken rice and they make one other thing and that's it. And they have, you know, a Michelin star. Yeah. They're just doing what they do better than everybody else. That is, if more chefs understood that, yeah. I'm going to find the best ingredients and create the best dish I can or the best yeah. set of dishes instead yeah. of I'm going to be fancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I, like there's just an endless list of, of these, you know, uh, uh, places I've been to and it's mm-hmm. like, Okay, this is fine. I get it. Yeah. What did I just pay a thousand dollars for? This is not worth it. Whereas yeah. you go to French Laundry, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, like you pay a thousand dollars, and it's like, man, I, I underpaid. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, I, yeah, right? yeah. Or, or, or you go into the kitchen or, or, and you're tipping or, everybody. Thomas Keller is one seriously. Of, yeah. or, or you go to Love Madison Park, or you mm-hmm. go to, oh, dude, uh, Joel Rubichon's place in yeah. Vegas. Like I've not been to the one in Paris, but okay. he's one in Atelier in Vegas. Well, he has two. Like the Atelier, which is kind of mm-hmm. like the the mid-range and he has the Joel the Rubichon, elevated like the one. Ele- yeah. yeah. My wife and I legit, we got the high-end wine pairing there. We legit spent $2,000. Nice. Wow. For two people. It was obnoxious. Um, <laughs> but that was, yeah. that was, it was tr- a true combination of artistry mm-hmm. and amazing food and amazing service and all of that. Like they really nailed. And it's so yeah. hard to combine all of that. It's, I mean, like... Because if one thing's out of step, if the wine doesn't pair right, or if you've got an overbearing Well, and even down to, like, if the food comes out a split second too late. Well, it's, you know what it is? When you're trying to make complex things, you've got to be an absolute, you've got to be a perfectionist and an artist, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? 
but it's you can make like dude like the liver we had yeah Rome absolutely Ridge. Mm -hmm. yeah olive oil garlic salt pepper that was fucking badass wasn't so it good. was amazing How, thank you for seasoning yes, thank you for seasoning did a great job now what percentage of that was my preparation sure of the of the total flavors yeah 10% mm -hmm. yeah. it's a fucking buffalo yeah. it's Rome Ridge yeah. it's that the buffaloes <laughs> live this whole life there it's, it's incredibly it's the ingredients <laughs> right yes. a great chef understands and all the great chefs all the great chefs will tell you this pick the Alice Waters was the big big one on the there. big one yeah pick the best ingredients treat them with respect and you will always make great food mm -hmm. every time right but so many chefs uh, make food to impress other chefs. Yeah. You weren't selling to other chefs. You're selling to me, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so either make simple great food, which I'll come all day long. Yeah. Every day. Or make transcendent complex food. Which right. Is which you'll travel to Vegas or I Paris. I will have that experience yeah. with you. Yeah. Is which there... I'll do once, twice in my life. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to French Laundry ten times. Well, yeah. that's not where you get to, to get nutrition. You go there to get have an experience. substance mm -hmm. and have an experience. Yes. Yeah. Are and there... So please. No, you go. You go. Oh, I'm, I'm curious because... Um, Austin is in and of itself a great place for food, but to your point, like it, some of it can be a bit showy, a bit chefy. More than so. <laughs> where where do you find your best meal in Austin? Like what? So, so consistently over yeah. time, uh, the when I, the best restaurant. I mean, like the best high end restaurant. The, like any just let's go two ways. The yeah. best higher end, but high end, but then the best and like, then, like I just want to go get my right, favorite. Right. So. Um, Probably either Uchi or Uchiko. Sure. Um, they're worth the hype. I've been to both. Yeah, yeah. No, they're both amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, Tyson is uh, uh, very arrogant and very narcissistic, but he's a short chef, so bless his heart. Yeah. Right? Hey, man. Right? He's a short it's hard guy to serve the who's a you know? chef, right. so yeah. it just sort of plays yeah. into it. But he is a genuine artist. He's yeah. really good at his craft. Mm -hmm. He nails the food. It is awesome. He's got that funny voice. He's got that, funny, that Wagyu, <laughs> that Wagyu uh, sashimi bite yeah. is one of the best bites in Which, Austin. And you pair that with the trumpet mushroom. Yes. Yeah. And it's the best. All right. So that that's always the go-to mm -hmm. when I want to take someone to a nice high-end place in Austin. Sure. If I can't get in there, Jeffrey's is okay. It's yep. pretty solid. Yep. Um, it's not like anything I would travel for, but yeah. but they have a, they have the best wine list in Austin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They just don't have endless breadsticks, which bothers me. But <laughs> whatever. They'll, they'll give you... If you know the right guy, they'll give you bottomless soup, though. Yeah, no, they'll give you the, 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 the English toffee. There the, not toffee, but the... What do they call it? Uh, Tweel. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Um, Sticky oh. pudding. Sticky pudding. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, those probably high end for... All right. Maybe for a single... It's tough. There's a lot of single dishes. Yeah. Most, there's almost every restaurant in Austin's. Uh, even the ones that are garbage have one or two things that are like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. I'll eat that. There, we, there's plenty of restaurants my wife and I go to, and it's like, we just get one dish. We're here for like, one thing. Right. Yeah. Don't you want to know? I don't want to try that. Get that away <laughs> yeah. from me. Give me the thing that you're yeah. nailing. So, like, if I had to pick a single dish, mm -hmm. it's actually a very simple one. Um, but the thing that comes to mind is, have you guys ever been to the DD, the food trailer? DD. Yes, um, over, uh, it's, it's uh, by place. radio, right? Yeah, it's, it's in radio. Yes. So right? good. So it, it, they have one dish mm -hmm. that's off the charts, mm -hmm. right? And um, it is their, it's like the pork, it's a pork on skewers. I can't yeah. remember what it's called. But it is like, I've, got, I've never more. And ordered like 10 orders. Now. Yeah. Dude's like, is this for a group? How many forks do you need? You need 10 forks? Like, one, and are you kind of like, can you just let me have fun here? <laughs> I just want to eat my food, man. I don't. He's like, okay, okay. All right, fine. <laughs> he's not even judgmental. Yeah, he's yeah. just trying to help me get the right yeah, number yeah. of silverware. <laughs> he's, not, he's not a dick about no, it. No, no. He's just like, it, it's a husband, like a white dude like us. Yeah. And his wife, who's like from Thailand, Thai. Yeah. 
and like uh, she, I've, I've never even heard her speak. Sure. Every time I go there, she's busting her ass in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and he's handling the front. Yeah, and they're in their places. They're in so their yeah. space. They seem both very happy, and uh, <laughs> I mean that's how Pock Pock started. Off the charts. Yeah, Pock Pock Wings. Are we in Portland? Or, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. That, that's like the same story more or less. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that's where I would get, but there's so many, there's so many yeah, off yeah. the charts good places. I mean, dude, the best pizza in Austin, fucking Pius. This yep. random place out mm-hmm. 290. Yeah. Pius. Super good. By the so way, random. they're pastrami. Mm-hmm. I'm a massive pastrami, like an absolute obnoxious asshole. Yeah. Is that your salt side of you too? Like the salty piece or just in general? Um, there's a lot of foods I'm like, eh, yeah. don't give me a dare. Like, I'm not eating this nonsense. Yeah, right? sure, sure. Um, uh, I'm a big pastrami snob. Not like bad, mediocre pastrami, I'll just feed the dogs. Sure. Bad pastrami, I won't even feed to my dogs. It's like, a sin. But either yeah. it has to be amazing or get it away from me. It's right. like any any real Texan with brisket barbecue. Oh yeah, right? for sure. Like what? Yeah. Like what is it? Yeah. yeah. Get, get it so, out. So uh, yeah. I'm like that way with pastrami. Um, I have never had pastrami outside of New York that was edible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except there's two places in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. Sure. There's about. Four, four maybe, because I've lived in LA, New York. Yeah, yeah. Maybe four places in New York that are pretty badass. Yeah. Pious. I will put next to any of them. Interesting. Really? Pious! Okay. One We're stopping in Pious LA I know of. Dude. Because uh, Cats closed down at one point. I was, Cats was garbage. I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hottest of hot garbage. Astronomy. <laughs> like, if you tell well, me, like, why, that's why it was Arby's, down. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. not, that's offensive. <laughs> How mad would you be if I put a Lunchable and like Arby's curly fries right, right in front of you? I'd be mad. <laughs> Just right, and I'm good. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like obviously you wouldn't be putting it there for me to eat. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's for you to play with. Right, like, you don't hate me. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Uh, no, but uh, dude, pious. Yeah, pious. Amazing pastrami. I'm telling you. Yeah. Amazing. Not okay, okay pastrami. Not really good. Not it'll work. Like top tier. Yeah. Like I, I would put it next to. I'm not going to say it's better than anything in New York LA. Yeah. I'd put it next, next to it. To. It might be better, truly. If you line it You'd up, you have to do like a side by side. you got to do side by side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's, that's what I love about like Austin and, and certain things happening right now is people are so dedicated to making something that is the best and just dedicating themselves yeah. to that one mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it's very cool. And making it awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And so we bring up Austin to sort of have a really bumpy segue into <laughs> Tucker Max, it's our only guest today. It's bumpy if you say it's um, bumpy. You have made Texas your home at yes. least yeah. 13 years. 13 years. We have so many questions. We just left Rome Ranch where mm-hmm. you are a dead eye yes. and absolutely killed killed a buffalo. We, we you invited us to go partake in that. We're really really appreciative of that. Yep, of course. Getting to watch that and be there. You you seem like a Texan, but you're not from here. So no. yeah. I mean, I think I grew up in Kentucky. The yeah. South, uh, I know Texas, we're not in the South. Fuck you, you're part of the South. <laughs> you enjoy the Confederacy. Yeah. You're sure. telling yourself a different story. You, yeah. it, it, there is a continuity amongst mm-hmm. uh, Southern rural living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not all the same, but right. there is a continuity. Some similar. You're right. Yeah. It's like you go to Cornell, you go to Harvard. You, they're both yeah. Ivy League, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, not the same, but both Ivy. Sure. Same that you grew up in Texas, grew up in Kentucky. They're close enough where yeah. it's like, I got here, I'm like, oh, I know these I people. Get this. I, know I, this I know how this works. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why you guys like Bluebell, yeah. but I get I get the whole thing. It makes sense. It, feel, it feels loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. Right. What, what did bring you, let's go back a little bit. What brought you to Austin, to Texas in the first place? Because right. as you just said, you were in LA, you were in New York. I did not intend to be a Texan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I was uh, yeah, grew up in Kentucky, 
college at boarding school in New Jersey, which was predictably awful. That silver spoon um, looks great, by the way. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, um, no, it was mainly because my, my mom was crazy. And yeah. I didn't want to live with her. My dad didn't want me, but he had money, so I got to go to boarding yeah, school. Sure. It's not That's a silver spoon thing. It's like yeah. I basically was able to finagle myself away from crazy. Yo, what's up? What's up, dude? Oh, hey, what's hey, up, dude? Hey, oh, hey. shit. Hey. Um, so uh, that is, uh, so then college at the University of Chicago, law school at Duke, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then lived in Chicago again, like four or five years, and then New York for a while, and then I went to LA to make a movie based yeah. on my first book, I Hope to Serve Beer in Hell. Like, it was pretty crazy being like 32 and there being a movie made about your yeah. life, but yeah. it was. It was a horrible experience though, every yeah. aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, at just LA, the people in the entertainment mm -hmm. business, I was in a fucked up place, right? So it's not like I was some saint, never right. was terrible. I was just as fucked just up. Just that perfect yeah. storm of yeah, exactly. so, negativity. <laughs> so the movie came out and the movie didn't do very well. Mm -hmm. And like that was genuinely soul crushing to me at the time. Like yeah. where I was energetically and spiritually, it was a crazy, think about it, this is so funny. It's, it is the iconic rich white person problem. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, famous best-selling book. I was, yeah. That was like peak of my fame, oh none. Um, uh, there was a movie made about my life mm -hmm. that came out on my 33rd birthday that didn't do $10 million at the box office and it literally broke my soul. Yeah. Like, on one hand, that's like so tragic and sad. On the other hand, it's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> You're, You're upset? Right. You're upset it's because hilarious. the movie made about your life didn't become the best movie ever. This like, accident you yeah, created yeah. is this now whole... on the screen. <laughs> Your accidental adventures but didn't. That, that's just the reality of who yeah. I was at the time, yeah. my narcissism, yeah. all of that, right? But it, it feels really, how it feels. That is, yeah. that and those feelings just, are real. Oh, they were real. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were real. And so, um, anyway, so the movie didn't do well. Yeah. And like, dude, I could have stayed in LA. If, if, once you cross the, the threshold in the business of getting something made, even yeah. if it didn't necessarily do well. They'll make something with uh, you again. You can keep going, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, I was like, no, I hate it here. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, I hated the people in the entertainment. They're, yeah. all, they're either sociopaths or, and I like, I thought I was a narcissist. I didn't realize what narcissists were until I got to LA. <laughs> like you I were was, beating. Right? I thought yeah. I was like this horrible soulless narcissist. And I got there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, in a, I'm a really good person. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, a safe I didn't, here. I didn't right. realize the continuum went like this. I thought it was over here. Yeah. Um, and so like, I was like, all right, I gotta get out. Yeah. And so uh, uh, it was October of 2009. And uh, I was like, well, I think I just go back to Chicago. It's been seven years, I loved it. I'm like, I don't want to go back to Chicago for the winter. Yeah. So like, where do I, where's the opposite city of LA that is uh, in the South, that'll be warm, that'll be fun. I can spend the yeah. winter there. I can finish my next book. Yeah. Baton no, Rouge. <laughs> that would be a negative. Shreveport. Yeah, God. Um, oh God, dude. that's why we filmed the movie. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, Shreveport, man. It's don't even get me started about yeah. Shreveport, Boja City. <laughs> so anyway, so, um, I, I like, oh, Austin, of course. Like, every time mm -hmm. I've been in Austin, I love it. I didn't really have any friends here. Yeah. Um, but, like, I always loved the city. It always had a cool vibe. Yeah. Um, uh, so, like, we, not me. I got there my you dog. Guys. Oh, you oh, cool. What's up? Nice. <laughs> uh, got my dog, got my shit, drove to Austin. I'll never forget this. I, like, literally, I didn't know where I was going to live, right? Mm -hmm. So I just pulled downtown. Uh, there were, like, 
two apartment buildings downtown. The Amelie downtown, <laughs> yep. yeah. right? Yep. And then they had just put up the, the tall one next the to The tall, it. like kind of the white yeah, framing. Yeah, kind of like an A everyone would, Yeah, everyone would say Jay-Z lit at the yeah, top right. or something, huh? yeah. And so like, I like went to both he of them. He did that. Uh, uh, I went to the, no, I went to Amelie. Okay. And I was like, and they're like, yeah, show me like whatever, like a nice place. So she had this really nice two bedroom corner thing. And I'm like, oh, how much? And she's like, what's she saying? You're about to make uh, me so mad. Six fifty, and I was like, "Man, that's weekly." And no, I said, "I said oh, that's a lot." She goes, "Yeah, I know." I goes, "Oh, nine. I'm like, "You know, rents can come down, and, you know." And I like, "Said, yeah, they came a little here, but like, we're still not like we're still pretty good with occupancy." I'm like, "All right, well, all right." And so I'm like, uh, uh, "Then it's something else." And then I'm like, "Well, so what? What's that? What's it, do I get you know like twenty four hundred a month?" And she's like, "No, six fifty is monthly." I thought she meant weekly, because I'm like, how, how could the best place you can rent in Austin be, be six fifty a month? You're six can't... five zero, uh -huh. right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. So you rent it. <laughs> I started laughing at her. Yeah, yeah. And then she like kind of got a little butt hurt about it, and I was like, okay, yeah, of course. And I'm like, just I just want a six month lease. I don't want. And she's like, oh, but that'll be hundred and fifty dollars more a month. And I was like, I think oh, no. it. it's going to be okay. <laughs> Were you almost playing into like, oh, no, oh, no, 150. Uh, no, I was like, I'll, I'll be all right. I'll it's be okay. Good. So I think I paid 850. Yeah, nine. sure. And so then, like, then, you know, I spent six months there. Yeah. Uh, loved it. Yep. Like, had a great time. And then um, ended up re-upping my lease. Like, and then re-upped my lease again. And then uh, somehow randomly... You know, like uh, the end of Town Lake that it used to be the tallest apartment building, the yeah. Windsor, which is all the way at the end. Yeah. They built two now or three that are taller. They're but, way yeah. taller. Right, right. But like uh, the penthouse there came up uh, for rent and it was like, and this is like maybe 11 or 12. Yeah. yeah. And it was like five grand a month. And I was like, well, and it's huge. 3,500 square feet, three Jeez. bedrooms. It's yeah, massive. It's, yeah. House and on this top of the building. And yeah. view. And I'm like, fuck, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> and so then like. Then met her mom mm -hmm. uh, before she was her mom, and then um, fell in love, and then uh, like uh, got married. Our first son, her brother Bishop, you met, and mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I like it. Mike, I guess I'm a Texan. Now. Yeah, I guess this is where we are. I guess this. Is, <laughs> and, but then we really started thinking because like she and I did have a conversation. Listen, she owns her own business. She could be remote. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm gonna be remote. I'm like, what? And she's like. Um, we, we talked all these other places and we're like, no, we don't want, like, there's nowhere else we'd rather go. Yeah. And nowhere else we'd rather be full time. Yeah. Um, and this is all, you know, pre-COVID before. Yeah, yeah. Like now it's like obvious how oh, Texas is absolutely one of the two or three states you've got to be sure. in if you yeah. actually want to mm -hmm. be free at all, right? Yeah. But like then it was, I still, I, I, I knew like something was coming, but I didn't think anything like this. I'm just yeah. like, oh yeah, things are whatever. I think Texas is really well situated. Mm -hmm. Environmentally, you know, maybe not number one spot I'd sure. want to be, but like, it'll do. Yeah, and and just and honestly, it's like you know what I always tell people. Listen, if so many people who live in LA, they justify it by talking about the weather. Mm -hmm. oh, the weather's amazing. It is amazing. And I say, if you're one of those people, don't come to, to Austin or Texas yes. because the weather's horrible. <laughs> I think it's horrible. It's yeah. either Africa hot. Or freezing rain. Or freezing the grid completely cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's either freezing rain or Africa hot, right? Yeah. And it's dusty. Mm -hmm. And, and if it's uh, not things dusty, don't well, in Austin, the... allergies. Yeah. Right. 
Things don't grow well. Um, It's honestly, it's, there's a beauty to it. It's not, if you're looking for beauty, it is not the fucking place to be. I'm like, there is a reason that General Philip Sheridan said that if he owned Helen, Texas, he would live in Helen, Renault, Texas. (laughs) Like, I get it, right? But that was 150 years ago when he was chasing Pancho Villa. Now, the reason to be in Austin is because of the people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No other reason. Because it is a combination and a mix of people that you aren't going to find anywhere else. And the city's big enough, you know, this is five, six, seven years ago. city's big enough that it has almost everything cool you're going to want in a big city. Not mm-hmm. everything, but almost. Almost. With almost none of the downside yeah. of a big city, mm-hmm. right? And so it was all like kind of the perfect sort of spot for us yeah. then, right? Yeah. Um, and so then now my kids are Texan. Like, there you go. Oh, native dude, Texas. Dude, my fucking son is a Cowboys fan. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. The Got him. Worst. It's the best. The worst. What did he want him to be? Like a Jets fan Anything or something? else. <laughs> Look, man. You Literally. Were, you were going to set if him If he up. was a fan of the Chinese Communist Party over the Cowboys, I'd have been okay but with no, that. But no, Tucker, you're going to be Now he's going to be set up for success, like for everything else. Because now he gets to learn what it's like to be let down year after year. He'll know how to overcome adversity. He'll know what pain is. He can root for the Bengals and be let down. Way worse. <laughs> At least the Cowboys have hope every no, year. He'll, Nobody he'll know what it's like to, to deal with profound mediocrity on a yearly basis. <laughs> and isn't that the meaning of life? <laughs> to just know how to Dude. handle it. And it's not like I, you know, I, I am definitely. We're not like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this. Sure. No, no, we're the opposite of that appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's as long as it's safe and legal, they get to make their own choices. Yeah, right? sure. Definitely. This motherfucker <laughs> roots for the Dallas fucking Cowboys. Hard too, right? Oh, like no, he's like a, a Cowboys fan. Cowboys fan. Yeah. He's a Cowboys. He's also super into hunting. Yes, yes. So which like, we found out a, today. They're yes. all Texans. And drinking blood from I the do yep. Dude, Honestly, he just today was amazing. My favorite part was seeing how the kids reacted yeah. to like having that blood yeah. and just like being part of the experience yeah. overall. I, yeah. it, it wasn't one of your kids. One of the one of them like kind of like had the blood on their yeah. finger. It's like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, man. Like, oh, like, oh, let's go. Man, you saw that ah. primal, like, oh, yeah. this is what we used to do. This, this is, is amazing. Stripped down, painted red, <laughs> sprinting around the... And, yeah. and with yeah. that, I'm curious about two things. Where did therapy come in the picture for you? And where did hunting come in the picture for you? The, uh, not together at all. For sure. Okay, got <laughs> it. Did one lead to the other? <laughs> no. Although that would be an interesting idea. Therapy while hunting. Well, actually, you could make a very good argument that therapy led to hunting, but yeah. it is a very indirect route. Okay. 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 So, all right. So I started after my movie yeah. mm-hmm. about my life not being a smashing success broke my soul. Yeah. Moved to Austin, um, and it was about. Uh, no. So I moved to Austin, mm-hmm. and I like. Obviously, none of this was conscious, but obviously when, you, when you're, not obvious, when you're trying to be famous, the thought process in your head, deep in your, in your head, in your soul, almost always unconscious is, uh, if the world loves me and praises me, it will fill the hole in my soul. That yeah. can come from many things. For me, it was like my parents didn't want me, abandoned yeah. me, but I, I, I'm going to show them that I'm worthy of love, the world's going to love me. Yeah. Right? Everyone else loves not, me, not so... remotely conscious. Yeah. Nothing you could have said to me at the time mm-hmm. would have um, convinced me of that, even though it's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that's where I was. Um, movie comes out, uh, fails, broke my grandiosity, all the sort of narcissistic defenses yeah. you use. And you had massive success and, building into yeah. that, yeah, right? No, it's huge. not like this was a crapshoot no, 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 no. at, it was at like, the time. My, my, my books kept selling. It looks like a sure I thing, I sold yeah. millions of copies, like mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. So like, okay. So um, then it was like, all right, I was very miserable and sad, right? And much more than normal. 
And so <laughs> it was like, it's like, all right, I gotta fix this. It was and more so obvious. I started like, like, how do I, I fixed everything external in my life. Yeah. I got an amazing shape, yeah. uh, you know, finances, yeah. dialed You moved in. locations, I mean, like, getting out of the place of, place that I ended yeah, up loving, right? Yeah. So I got everything in my life dialed in, like a on paper, perfect life. Right. And I was definitely happier than when the movie was failing and I was mm -hmm. miserable, but like 10% happier. Yeah. There was still, I wasn't willing to admit it to myself explicitly, but there was still a deep sadness and loneliness. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And so eventually I just realized, look, if everything in my life is fixed and perfect and I'm miserable or I'm just sad and depressed, yeah. it's got to be inside. Yeah. It's got to be me. There's got to be something in here mm -hmm. that is not working properly. Yeah. And so a um, friend of mine uh, who did psychotherapy and helped her a bunch, uh, psychoanalysis specifically, which is a form of talk therapy, she connected me to somebody in Austin. And it's funny, I had her number for like six months on my desk before I called her. Mm -hmm. Called her. Uh, well, actually, I ended up seeing 20 different therapists. <laughs> you know, to pick one. No, yeah, but dude, yeah. finding a therapist is like dating. Yeah. Like, if you just pick the first one, who knows if they're the right person, yeah, right? Because right. they could have their own, oh, their dude, own mess like, can be conflicting with your mess, yeah, and so, so now so it's a... Some of the only reproducible data in psychology, in psychiatry, mm -hmm. is that the therapeutic orientation of the therapist doesn't actually matter, mm -hmm. hardly at all. Within, like, there's some weird ones that don't work at all, and some that are a little bit better, mm -hmm. but it doesn't really matter. What matters is your connection with mm -hmm. the therapist. Yeah. How, how connected are they to you and you to them? How much right. do you trust them? Yeah. Is... 10 times more important than their skill mm -hmm. or their modality, right? So I probably saw 10 or 20 therapists. She was the one my friend had recommended months before. It ended up being her was the one. Yeah. I, and it was funny because I didn't even know. I saw so many therapists and it was like, I, you know, like, I was smarter than most of them, so I yeah. would like talk circles around there. Like mm -hmm. I could, like I'm like, okay, you can't. Would it almost become a game? Yeah. Like, oh, you're like, realizing what's going that's on. That's just, yeah. I'm you're just convincing playing with people myself. like you play yeah. with I'm mentally else. masturbating, yeah, yeah. convincing myself I'm doing something that I'm not. Yeah. yeah. So what I ended up how to do is I asked one of the therapists, I'm like, who do you go to? Yeah. And she's like, oh, she understands. She's like, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to recommend a woman to you. She is the th she's the psychoanalyst that analysts yeah. go to, and her and name is Brene Brown. <laughs> no, she's she's the one who trains analysts, and like like she uh, does like we go to her. Yeah, and it was the woman my friend recommended. So it was like okay, the universe is telling me something, and so uh, she was a badass. Like she was really good for me, mm -hmm. and so for four years I went four times a week, like okay. basically wow. every day. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and um, uh, it really helped me a lot. Uh, it helped me make a map of my mind and my emotions. To really yeah. understand, oh, I am feeling that. Oh, like that's probably why. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It, but honestly, like after four years, it was like kind of like plateaued, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, I, I felt better. It was yeah. way better than before, but it was still like something. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on the other side. Yeah. I just knew intuitive. This is not where I'm trying to get. Yeah. yeah. A little bit better is not my thing. So I tried a bunch of other, you know, ended up stopping therapy, tried a bunch of other things. And then um, at Scribe, we did a book called Trust, Surrender, Receive, which is about MDMA therapy. Mm -hmm. And the guy, he's not at Scribe anymore, his name's Dan Burnett. He was, he uh, was um, like the PM. Okay. And he did an MDMA session. Yeah. And I saw the change in him. And like, I'd kind of known about this vaguely. Yeah. But I'm like, eh, I'm not doing drugs for therapy. That just yeah. sounds crazy mm -hmm. to me. And I saw, like, literally, I saw it because I knew him. I saw mm -hmm. the change. And I'm like, 
Oh fuck, that's what I want. That's what that. Yeah. That's what you need. But he wasn't trying to convince me. He's yeah. Like, Man, like I knew people at the time who were like, "You gotta do ayahuasca," and I'm like, "You've done ayahuasca 50 times and you're fucked." <laughs> <laughs> you're worse than no, when you start. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Yeah. You. There's a well. You probably know who I'm talking about. There's a very, <laughs> very famous person who lives in Austin who will not shut the fuck up about ayahuasca. Yeah. I've known him a long time. No, no clue yeah. who you're talking about. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Dude. And uh, at this point, it's like, actually, it could be two or three, but the one who's been talking about it <laughs> That's fair. Because now there's more yeah. of them because yeah. yeah, yeah, they're yeah, attracted yeah, yeah, yeah. to okay. each other. Yeah. So I love that dude. Got to do ayahuasca with somebody. Yeah. I, I love that dude. He's a great human. But like in 2012, he was banging the drum to me about ayahuasca. And I'm like, I know you, man. I know how fucked up your life yeah. is. Yeah. Like, if you told me to eat, I would starve. Yeah. Like, literally, nothing yeah. you tell me to do, I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. You, I, I'm a hundred miles ahead of you in yeah. any measure. And I haven't even tried ayahuasca right. yet. Right. So. Like, have, no. Like, uh, but, like, whatever. So, um, no, I, I, I hear you. It, 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 I'm very glad I didn't start with ayahuasca. Yeah. It would have yeah. been horrible it's a yeah. horrible place to start a uh, psychological journey for it would have been for me and for most yeah. people it's it's yeah. rough mm-hmm. it's kind like, of like the deep end dude it is you know yeah. what i mean it, like it, it's, it's almost a, a different experience than the, like the, the 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 metaphor i use for people is uh, psychedelic medicine therapy is like learning how to swim mm-hmm. you can learn to swim in the see you guys you can learn to swim in the shallow end of the pool mm-hmm. yeah or you can learn to swim in the deep end of the pool mm-hmm. or you can learn to swim in the fucking ocean yeah what do you want to learn yeah. You know, MDMA is the shallow end. Like mushrooms would be the deep end of the pool, mm-hmm. and ayahuasca or five million was like learn to swim in the ocean, yeah. and not yeah. the beach. Like dropped yeah. in the ocean, like dropped in the depths, and make it to shore. Cliffs of yeah. Cardiff, <laughs> just like <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. yeah. So have fun, yeah. enjoy. Like that's uh, so. Did MDMA therapy, and um, man, it was, it was so game changing. It was yeah. like. The it took about an hour for it to kind of get in and hit, mm-hmm. and then once it hit. It was so mind-blowing and so game-changing for me in all ways. Almost instantaneously, it was the weirdest thing, man. It was like, well, immediately I felt the deepest love I'd ever felt in my life. Like, I didn't, I I realized at that moment, at first I was like so excited that I felt all this love and so much love and my wife was there. I'm like, I love you so much and crying. And then I got really sad because I'm like, oh my God, I've never felt love before. Like this too. is what oh love my is, God. and I have never felt this in yeah. my fucking life. Mm-hmm. Isn't it so weird when you get sad on the thing that's supposed to like? No, but it's no. Hold on, done right. MDMA, yeah. like the the initial pop should be the love and the yeah. and the acceptance and the safety. But when your brain gets to that state, yeah. then it's like, oh, it's time to go deal with the, the trauma. Yeah. Now yeah. that we're here, right? <laughs> now that now, now that you're safe, yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's, let's go. turn into your shadow yeah. and deal yeah. with your hardest shit. Yeah. Which is actually how it's supposed to work. Yeah. That yeah. is. That is how mm-hmm. it works. It's kind of weird to learn that at first and to kind of go through. But that, and so that's pretty much what happened. And yeah. so the yeah. next three and a half years, that's three and a half years ago, this basically became the thing. Like, mm-hmm. And it's by far the most, I always tell people, like, it's the most important thing I do. And people are like, yeah. you're married and have kids. And I'm like, you're right. And I wouldn't be married and my kids would probably hate me if I had not done this. Yeah. yeah. And in no fault of their own. Yeah. yeah, like I had, man, it, it's, I, I mean, it's the difference between chicken salad and chicken shit in terms of life. <laughs> yeah. Like mm-hmm. it is just. Yeah. There, I mean, there are so many people super close to us who talk about having just a complete shift in the ability to deal with Like life. an actual rewiring an actual rewiring. how their brain yeah. works. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. I say that, people are like, oh, cool. And they don't say this, but well, a lot of, I want to go, I want my magic pill. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and it's this like is, that, 
This is so opposite of a magic film. Yeah. yeah. You cannot imagine the hell the last three and a half years have been in certain ways. Yummy. Um, it's alright, baby. That's okay. <laughs> um, uh, the the last three years have been. Imagine all the worst shit that's ever happened to you in your life that you don't want to think about or feel. Yeah. yeah. Times that you've five, built defense mechanisms up against. And it's going to come. Yeah. yeah. But that's actually the point. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious about something because you, you were in therapy for, you said, like four years yeah. before you hit that plateau. Yeah. Do you think that going through that part of it prepared you for Absolutely the Absolutely crucial. Yeah. Totally crucial for me. So the metaphor I always use is that like, okay. So think about, I think about therapy as like navigating a new landscape, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. It's just a metaphor. If I give you a, like, let, let's say you're going to Manhattan. Mm -hmm. You said you're going to Manhattan in a couple months, yeah. right? Okay, cool. So let's pretend you've never been there. Sure. And I say, okay, I'm going to give you a map of Manhattan, and I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to walk you through the map. You're going to know the map yeah. cold. You're going to so know you, where the real raise is, right, where the you, fake sure. one is. Exactly. So, <laughs> so like, is that is that going to Manhattan? Is that experiencing Manhattan? Absolutely not. It's a great It's a great, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it, awareness of Manhattan. But that is only the map. Yeah. Right? And now, you can also go the other way around. Yeah. You can kind of heard of Manhattan and just fly there and just swing <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you can have a great experience in Manhattan, but it's like, it's just, it's only the experience. And you have no way to contextualize yeah, it, right? Yeah. I don't know where I You're am. You're not oriented to I don't know right. where I am. Yeah. I don't know how to get back. I don't know what's going there. I don't know if this place yeah, is any yeah. good or yeah. not. I don't know. Whatever, right? You're just. Yeah. I also love that metaphor because in that scenario, it's like, it's your Manhattan now. Yeah. Like. Map and territory. Yeah. To mm -hmm. me, psychedelics help you walk the territory. Experience. Mm -hmm. Feel the emotions. Mm -hmm. Talk therapy, done right, mm -hmm. helps you build a map. Yeah. Understand and contextualize what the experiences are, mm -hmm. why you're having them, why yeah. they're important, how to see them, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Like, you can you can have a great map of Manhattan and never yeah. go, right? You can go to Manhattan a bunch and never contextualize it at all. Yeah. Those are okay. They're both better than nothing. Yeah. But if you, it, meaning a healed state, let's say, is a contextualized, understood experience of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Dang. And to further the metaphor, if all you're doing is experiencing Manhattan, you're going to tend to go to the same places yes. that you know. Exactly. You're going to create this little bubble, and yes. you're never going to venture outside. And you're going to think it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, and you won't shut up about it. <laughs> And you're trying to get all your people yep. to come to your yeah. Anyway, I'm it too far. Um, and, and then I'm also curious with that, like, you, even in your you, you've left Scribe in, a, in an official way, and in, in your blog about it, you right. mentioned psychedelic therapy is something you're really going to be focused on. Yep. Yeah. What do you think of how psychedelic therapy and as medicine is becoming almost a fad in some ways? Like, there's certain people or certain groups yeah. that are kind of grabbing it, like. Yeah. It's almost yoga in a way, and that yeah. seems wrong to me, but I'm curious what you think about that. Um, so one of the things that I've learned on my journey mm -hmm. is to not judge the journey of others, mm -hmm. right? Especially if it's not intersecting with mine. Yeah. Like if you're dumping ayahuasca down my throat, we might have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're just using ayahuasca, ayahuasca yeah. in a way I think is reckless, well, we all have our different paths. Yeah. We gotta go. Have fun right? with your ticket to Costa Rica. Yeah. Right, right. Have fun. See, See you in later. A couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. Like I'll tell you what I've experienced. I'll tell you what I've seen. Mm -hmm. You do what you want. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, that's that's my general approach to all of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think as a culture and as a as a country, America had we had our dangerous, reckless intersection with psychedelics. That was the '60s. Yeah. Right. That was where. We had an extremely traumatized, disconnected society yeah. 
that all of a sudden, a whole part of society got their eyes opened to how horrible everything was, yeah. and no one was ready for it, Yeah. right? And so, like, some people woke up and did great shit. For the most part, it was really, it didn't work well. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think, uh, yeah, some people uh, doing it wrong or not wrong. Are some people doing it in a way that's reckless or not helping? Yeah. Like recreationally sure, and therapeutically sure. are two different things. They're, we're talking about different well, Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. only talking about, like, yeah, yeah. The, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I think as a society, we are in a place where um, I think there are, there are enough people that are ready for this mm -hmm. yeah. and that are doing it the right way, yeah. placed in the right context. Honestly, like... It's the few people who came out of the 60s with their heads on straight. People like Rick Doblin, who runs MAPS, and mm -hmm. yeah. there's maybe 10 or 20 other core people. Yeah, Charles Manson. Like, on a continuum, I'd put those two at <laughs> 100 very, very So now we're oriented. No, okay. that's true. Like, when, yeah. how did Manson Where's use North LSD, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. How does Doblin doing it? Yeah. Very different. Very important. And so, like, like, one wants to murder a bunch of people and create sure. an uprising, the other one's trying to help everyone heal. Yeah. Right? And so, like, those people, the, 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 the 10 or 20 people that kept that flame alive yeah. and restarted that fire did it in a way, the right way. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, there's going to be people in the fringes and this and that, mm -hmm. but I think the core is so strong. Yeah. Um, and I think the timing is right that um, I think this time, look, uh, I, I've been saying for a long, long time, I think... W we're going into a period that's going to be very chaotic and rough in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but I'm very optimistic about what's on the other side. And one of the yeah. main reasons is because I think psychedelic therapy is going to take this country completely by surprise yeah. and by storm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to, I'm talking about like 3% of the people. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's yeah. all it's really all it going takes, to take. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is a maybe 5% that do it and get it right yeah. and mm -hmm. change their lives. And I think that just, as a catalyst, yeah, and fundamentally change so much other shit. Definitely anecdotally, um, I work a lot with like financial copywriting and things like right. that, and I see in my sector a lot of micro cap, small cap companies exploding in that yeah. area. Yeah. Psychedelic wellness retreats, starting the therapies, things like you know, that. I invested a bunch on field trips. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, I was going to ask, mm -hmm. like, is your role the way you see your role? Are you more of an advocate financier, or is it more of like? Uh, like a Jesus and disciples. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, kind I'm, I'm going to give you guys kind of the same obnoxious answer I gave last time. Please. I, I don't. I don't think about my role. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's not. I live my life. I do my work, mm -hmm. and I share my work with others, and they can use it or not. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to. That's my role. That's not. Yeah. That. That's not for me to worry. Yeah. About. You're not going to break your pattern just to like help other people out. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm happy to help others. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But if helping others is the identity, then you're you're not really helping. Then that's a narcissistic mm -hmm. escape. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can be doing great things and do it from a place that's very toxic at a minimum for you. Mm -hmm. Sure. But really, even for them in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right? It, it's the the broken healer is not a healthy dynamic. Yeah. yeah. It's better than a broken murderer. For sure. <laughs> yeah. For but, sure. Uh, it's still not great. Yeah. And so, I've really tried especially recently man like mm -hmm. last year and a half yeah. two years to let go of all that and not worry about it mm -hmm. I'm just gonna go do this shit like I was dude I was going to Rome Ranch with my two kids and that's mm -hmm. it and that's yeah. it yeah. and then like 
Roman said something, and I'm like, oh, dude, you want to come? Yeah, of course. And how? You want? I mean, yeah. those two both have huge platforms, mm -hmm. how especially. And then, like, I was like, oh, I'm doing a podcast with them. Maybe they want to come too. And so it's like, okay, cool. And, like, who knows what might happen from yeah. this? Yeah. I was going out there anyway. You were going to yeah. have me in the back of your truck no outside what. this gas station. Either. You were right. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just imagining the bison right. tied to the, the top of your car. Just the whole top. thing. Like, right, like you brought one car. I don't know what to do here. Yeah. Just... So I know I, I was doing this regardless, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so if I can share that experience in a way that helps others, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. It shows them. Absolutely. Here's what it is. And it yeah. seems like you're applying that to every aspect of your life that you can. And so where did... Even kind of zooming back into just Texas, I mean, yeah. hunting is a pretty historic and traditional thing. In this state, to be Texan yeah. is to we have, raised hunting to shoot your first whitetail with your dad. That yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Where did where did hunting, especially hunting? You shot a whitetail with me, didn't you? Yeah. She's, she's really five. happy about it. Yeah. She was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It was fine. Easy yeah, shot. Light work. Where, where did like. Not just hunting, but knowing where your meat comes from and that whole yeah. thing so coming to your life. I've, I mean, I've been eating paleo for 15 years, like okay. before it was like a big thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Tim Ferriss actually introduced me to it in 07. Yeah. You tend yeah. to be ahead of this kind of stuff, by yeah. the way. So I don't catch every trend, but yeah. the trends I catch always become big. Like yeah. I, I have, there's no misses. For I mean, me. you're one of the first books that ever came from a blog, but also your blog is one of the first blogs first, that was ever yeah. the way ever it was. a movie. Uh -huh. like, Psychedelics. Right. like. Uh, the whole thing, dude. I was ahead. I was ahead. I was on CrossFit early. I was on Paleo early. Mm -hmm. I was on MMA and Jiu Jitsu early. Yeah. Uh, never. I'm, I'm not the pioneer. I'm never the dude right. doing it 20 <laughs> years. Yeah. What we call the right? early adapter. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. there's 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 early early and late early. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Like, okay. I'm always the late early. So like almost everything. Yeah. If I'm doing it, mm -hmm. it's about to go big. Okay. Yeah. In the next five to eight years. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Mm -hmm. usually how it works. Um, and so, uh, yeah, dude, like uh, psychedelics, no doubt. Like, yeah. I, yeah. like three and a half years ago, that's a late early. Like, now, public yeah. companies now. Yeah, so, that's, companies. Yeah. That's fair. So, so for hunting though, so I started eating paleo in 07. When I, that's when I started yeah, doing MMA and mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And like, I noticed it was breaking my body, right? Yeah. yeah. And then so I, like, I was friends with Tim at that time. I'm like, dude, what do I do? He, he's like, oh yeah, like. You know, supplement with fish oil and this and that, and cut car, cut uh, processed grains and cut sugar. And I'm like, "What are you crazy?" He goes, "Do that for two weeks and watch what happens." Yeah. yeah. And I, it didn't take two weeks. Like, day three, I woke yeah. up and I was like, "Oh my god, Whoa. I feel amazing." Yeah. Like none of my joints hurt. What's yeah. going on? And so then started been eating that way for a long time. And then obviously I understand intellectually sourcing meat's important. Like yeah. we shop at Whole Foods, we grass fed stuff. But honestly, it's a little embarrassing for someone to, for me to say because I, I already knew this. I just wasn't doing it. When COVID hit, and then all the shit from COVID that kind of came down, one of the things I realized was, holy fuck, I don't have a direct connection to any of my source of food. Mm -hmm. yeah. If things actually go sideways in any way, even for a short period, mm -hmm. I'm fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have food. Yeah. And, and were you no a doomsday prepper at all before this, or is not, this when it started? Not, not in the least. Like, I always tease my wife. Like, she kind of was when I met her. Mm -hmm. But no, of course not. And so, that's, what, it's funny, man. <laughs> because, like, no, so, like, it was mid summer of 2020, uh, or fall of 2020, my wife and I bought a, you know, a cow, right? Full yeah. cow, like, processed, came to our house, a big freezer, yeah. like, tons of meat, awesome, great. And then the Texas winter apocalypse hits, right? Yeah. Well, you, you weren't working for Scott. Dylan, I were you? just started. You just started. Okay. I just started. Right. And so you remember, like, like people were like, uh, 
I have three bags of Cheetos in my house yeah. and nothing else. And I'm like, I have some Doritos and a lighter. <laughs> these motherfuckers were going to starve, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, like, I drove in uh, to the office and we had just got, we had probably eaten 50 pounds of a 600 pound cow that yeah. we had delivered, like, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, all right, I took like 150 pounds in. Mm-hmm. And like a, I mean, it was a fuckload. And you of also meats. brought like candy and yes, all right, yeah. all this Basically stuff. Basically, all the canned shit we didn't want. Yeah. Right? Like, like, I noticed it was some of the low level like. Of course oh, it was. Man. I'm not bringing my good shit. Fuck you guys. You didn't prepare. It's your own fault. I live in an apartment, man. Come on. So um yeah no some I, I spam took, and some water chestnuts. Took all that stuff in, and that was when it like buying the the cow was like okay smart, mm-hmm. but then like that happened, I'm like oh man, like this isn't enough. There's Having levels. a deep freeze with 500 pounds of meat in it is like cool. That's gonna get me through something that resolves very quickly. Yeah. What if shit doesn't resolve quickly, mm-hmm. right? Like forget like a nuclear bomb hits. Just like a normal shit. What? If, yeah. Well, fuck, man. I gotta. And so that's when we kind of started the whole process. Sold our house in Austin in March of this this year. Yeah. Bought a, a ranch in Dripping. It, a ranchette in Texas yeah. because it's <laughs> under 100 acres, but whatever. Uh, bought a ranch in Dripping, uh, whatever it was, July or uh, April mm-hmm. or uh, July or August, um, and now we're on it. And like we have cows on it, yeah. sheep and, and two go- cows, and right? Two cows. I have to clarify because earlier you said cows, and I was like, you have a herd of cattle on your ranch? No, two red Angus <laughs> cows. We have 35 cows. acres of grazing space, <laughs> yeah. so it can only support two cows. What are their names? You want to tell them? What are the cow names? Beef and steak. Yes, exactly. Foretelling the future. Yes, right. Is Chef Vaughn going to help cook them when the day comes? Of course. I mean, she's got to season them right. Yes. (laughs) That Vaughn spice. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so like uh, cows uh, cows there, sheep and and chicken coming. You know, we have our own well. Yeah. uh, Rainwater capture, solar's going in. We've got backup generators. We're, you know, like, we're ready for, God forbid, something happens. Mm -hmm. We're good to go. Like, we, we don't only have stored food. We can grow food, yeah. we can generate food. Mm-hmm. We have years, the ability to create yeah. years of food yeah. right there. Which even before you came to Austin, like if you told 25 year old Tucker, hey, not only are you gonna be a Texan, you're gonna own cows and <laughs> slaughter a bison and slice your finger open because you don't know how to use a knife. Like, no, yeah. thanks. You're welcome, how to get <laughs> in finger? there. That finger? <laughs> that one? Honestly, that one can we just, that's so appropriate for you. I, like, it's, it's overall, the best. Like, like of all the fingers. Can we just take a second to appreciate? <laughs> Um, do you think 25-year-old Tucker would even for a minute think that was true? He would say, you're, you're tripping on acid, probably. No, uh, I, I would, because I grew up, uh, my grandmother had a beef cattle ranch, yeah. so yeah. the idea that I was going to a ranch later is not, like, not super crazy. Not super crazy. Not, yeah. not crazy at all. And, like, and then, for, you know, it's funny, I grew up hunting a little bit with my uncle. Yeah. Well, my uncle was kind of a country guy. He was like, get out a shotgun and like shoot at some birds. Yeah. Like, that kind Just of Just whatever's around the porch. Right. right. It, he was not a serious hunter at yeah. all. It was like, you know, go out 22, yeah. ping some squirrels. Like subsistence or, hunting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Varmint hunting. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Var- Varmint hunting. Okay, there yeah. you go. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I got here, Arby's and then hunting. I had some friends who were su- like pretty serious hunters. Mm-hmm. And I like, went out with a couple times, I'm like, oh, well, this is badass. Yeah. Like when you, you treat it like an art, yeah. and it's like something that's productive. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. And then I really like, I mean, I already knew about like, obviously humans have been hunting game mm-hmm. for as long as Since humans, they figured it out. I mean, yeah. arguably the reason 
that we became human is Good because we, we unlocked fire to mm -hmm. cook uh, uh, meat. meat. Could be, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like possibly. Because like, we realized that broccoli right. sucks <laughs> and bison's better. There's the better. Sunday theory, but I'm, I'm more on the line of... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Terrence McKenna might be right. He might be, yeah. Um, stoned ape might have come first, and then And then knows? an ape's got to be stoned to try and cook something. Yeah, to, to start figuring out tools. Yeah, and all. yeah, yeah he, might Maybe, right. he might be right. He might be right. I, I'm not arguing against that. <laughs> they're, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. I was going to say, yeah. Um, but like, uh, and so then I got kind of into hunting and it's like, oh, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And they loved it. They love going yeah. out. They love whatever. And so it's like, yeah, like, uh, but then, then I came at it more from a sustainability spiritual. That's where psychedelics mm -hmm. uh, yeah. kind of connects it. Kind of right? connects it. Right. Cause it's like, okay. So, uh, I did an LSD MDMA session combined. Okay. Okay. And, um, is that intimidating to go into at all, or is it oh, like dude, LSD will kick you in the teeth? <laughs> no, yeah. seriously, it, it absolutely rips the veneer down off reality. Really? If you don't want to face shit, do not do that. Yeah. Like, that is, is there a therapist in the room with you, or are you just yeah, gonna? Oh, I always have idea. a guy. There's someone not, there. No, yeah, yeah. fuck no. Not, You're not I, at the sand dunes like no, our high school friends were. No, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Doing this, stuff, I don't. I honestly don't understand how people do this shit recreationally. Yeah. For me, it is always extremely intense and at this yeah. point have you gone through like mushroom and yeah so i've okay. done about five six mdma sessions about two uh, mushroom sessions one that was eight and a half grams like okay. which was the real ego crushing one yeah. which is kind of where i was at that point then lsd and mdma dude that was well first i did the first time i did lsd just lsd and i did what i thought was a microdose yeah uh, it ended up for me not being some people i guess i think i'm pretty sensitive to uh, okay. lsd I did like 25 or 50 micrograms, which like, maybe not a microdose, but that's a museum dose. That's yeah. It. Dude, I spent eight hours on the sofa heaving, racking sobs. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like I had a lot of grief. Yeah. And the, the LSD was like, oh, grief, here you go. Here you there go. it is. Yeah, you need to feel yeah. this. And were you and seeing I mean, anything or was it just yeah, all of that dude, physical? It was all somatic. Yeah. It was, I mean, the next day, my abs have never been this sore. Jeez. Yeah. Like, I, it was. Yeah, that's a 12-hour ride. Mm -hmm. At least eight hours of it was yeah. heaving, racking yeah. sobs. Like, to the point where my wife had to bring me water because I had been crying so much. You I were out of hydrated. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's insane. like you went and rolled for two days straight, Dude, right? Yeah. It was worse. Yeah. I would rather roll with Tim Kennedy for two days straight. Than <laughs> I think Tim Kennedy would take you up on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Of course he would. Tim, if you're listening. Um, hey. You know, he, he actually just processed the buffalo rum. Did he really? Like, that's crazy. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, anyway, so uh, I... Uh, LSD. So second time LSD and MDMA. And MDMA cuts the edge off. And, mm -hmm. and so I processed a lot of trauma, but then I got into this weird mind expansion. You use psychedelics for two reasons, either yeah. healing trauma or mind expansion, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're going to get a little bit of both regardless, but I've always gone in with a trauma, healing trauma mm -hmm. thing because all my guides and the people I've worked with who know this, who've been doing this for decades, say, listen, you can go in for mind expansion, but then if you haven't healed your trauma, you become like the dude we were talking about who just won't shut up just about won't ayahuasca, shut up about but it's still fucked up. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. do you want to be him? Mm -hmm. No, I don't. Yeah. Okay, heal your trauma first. Mm -hmm. yeah. Use it for that reason because you got plenty of time to go visit the space aliens yeah. and the, the you know, the the uh, machine elves and all the that. The elves and all right? that. Yeah, yeah. Plenty Not of time talking about anybody really. in particular. Nobody, just, just, you know. Elves. So, um, anyway, so LSD, and then it was like, it's like it started, I'm not going to say I had a conversation with God, but it was like the, first of all, I had the deepest feeling of oneness and all the transcendent, yeah. like, I'm like, oh my God, like, like total at one with the universe. And then it was like the medicine was showing me, 
because I know physics really well. Mm -hmm. And it was showing me, like, dude, of course all things are one. Mm -hmm. And, like, showed me, like, what I, 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 how that's true through physics. So I'm like, oh my God, of course. Obviously, all things are energy. Yeah. This is mm -hmm. an energetic system. Like, I, like I, it should, everything, and it was like, you know, like, all the, Basically everything, every avatar, Jesus, Buddha, <laughs> Rumi, everything yeah. they've been saying, mm -hmm. it showed, here's why this is true, and it showed me through yeah. it's all basic physics, honestly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, not even like advanced, no. Like, oh, fuck, of course. Right, Von? So I, I had this deep <laughs> transcendent experience. And then uh, two days later, I got a really good friend who's Mormon, and I called him up, and I'm like, hold on a minute. When you talk about, like, <laughs> All, I'm like, this is what you're talking about, right? He's like, yes. And so, like, I'm like, oh, well, now I understand why you're religious. Now I'm Mormon. Yeah. Great. <laughs> That's a dog. <laughs> He's like a, a true believer and very connected to God. And yeah. And, and, like, I always thought, like, either they're crazy or they're lying to themselves. Right. No. They, they're, plenty of people can get there without any of this shit, yeah. right? They just, they... He sees it through a religious lens. Cool. Yeah. He's having the exact same experience, and we talk, we talked about it for like two hours. He's like, "This is so amazing." Yeah. Like, I'm gonna call it source or universe. You call. Or, uh, I'm like, he's like, I call it God. You call it source. Or it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh fuck. That's when I got very spiritual about hunting. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because I realized, oh shit. Like I get why the vegans are so oh can't kill can't kill, and I get why the Buddhists say that. I'm not entirely sure that's accurate. Mm -hmm. and, 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 but, what I, but I went through, like, I do get why being very conscious about it, thanking them, connecting to the energy of all of it. You know, like, I, like you guys, were you there when I did the, we all said the prayer? We, we were, yeah. We were, yeah, we were, we were trying were, to be respectful, we were to be respectful yeah, yeah. the kids. But, right, 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 yeah. of course. So, like, like I, I'm very serious about that. Absolutely. Like, always, like it, it's... It's almost impossible to understand that from a logical, rational, materialist mm -hmm. viewpoint. Nothing wrong with that viewpoint. It's just a limited viewpoint. Yeah. Right? And it's not like so many people think, oh, you have to have one or the other. No. There are, if I'm trying to build a car, I don't need a lot of spiritual shit. Mm -hmm. I just need engineering. Mm -hmm. Logical, rational, let's go. If I want to connect with source, engineering is not really, at least engineering yeah. we have on this earth, not, not really going to work. Right? The not, elves can do it, but not us. Right. Exactly, because they're seventh dimension yeah, beings. Exactly. Right? They got it. We're still in three. Yeah. So got a couple dimensions. Exactly. So, got, so um, yeah. uh, that's when it got spiritual to me, mm -hmm. and that's when it was like, ah man, okay, now mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. You know? um, so yeah, it is spiritual, Absolutely. but it kind of took psychedelics opening the space for mm -hmm. me to really get into. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'll never forget like. Oh, of course, the kingdom of heaven is within. I know exactly what Jesus was talking about yeah. now. Yeah. I thought he was just a fucking scammy kook before. <laughs> or just a genius persuader. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Like, it was like, oh. He was talking about but connectedness the whole time. It's all time. an experience. I don't yeah. think you can understand that shit intellectually. Yeah, I, I don't think you have can to either. It's almost inherently that. irrational, but yes. to rationalize it, you have to experience it. Mm -hmm. The only way to understand it is to experience it. Yeah. Oh, is that yours? And oh. so after after that experience, I want to talk about the bison from today, but just yes. really quick, what was the first kill like after that experience? You were there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right, Ms. Vaughn. Those pictures are on my Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So she and I went hunting on the, the, the lease that I'm, I'm going to be on next year, but they're taking me out. 
We went hunting. It's funny because Bishop goes with me every time, and then this time he was sick and he couldn't go. <laughs> and then like he'd gone. Like, I bet four, he was pissed. He'd gone oh, four man. times and not, not gotten a deer. Other people there got a deer. Yeah, like yeah. we'd never. It just you know like weird. It just doesn't work out yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Right. And so like he he was he was a little butter <laughs> yeah, yeah. about it. That's part of the lesson of hunting. Uh, man. Exactly. So so um, anyway so pull around the corner and there's a fucking herd of deer, and I immediately well, you, well, you guys weren't down there, but like he was like. The, the guy, remember James was saying, like, yeah. I didn't think you were going to take the shot that quick. I'm like, yeah. it was lined up. He's was, like, no, it definitely was. He's yeah. like, but most people would not just take the just, shot. Like, you just. So I came around, boom, took the shot on the first one. Uh, it leapt off, but I got it. I mm -hmm. could see. And then the others ran down a gully into a um, creek uh, bed. Mm -hmm. And then they stopped because they were behind it. They thought we couldn't see him, I guess, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, boom, man, this massive 10-point buck went right broadside against nice. me. And boom. boom. And I, that's the picture where you can see, like, it's the, the first one. And it's a clean. You can see yeah, right yeah, there, right like right a little there. red dot. Just a clean I mean, right it was there. A, that yeah. thing, I hit it, it did a jump, stagger, boom. Yeah, Bam. that's what you want. It was awesome. And yeah. so then we went and got both, cleaned them both. I, we're going to pick them up today, actually. That's dropping awesome. this dropping off. This. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. 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 For those watching, there's a full bison in the bed of. four three fifty four three hundred fifty pounds of bison in the bed and of the And the head. And the skin. The liver's not. We ate most of the liver already. And by the way, thing, I'm so grateful that you let us experience part of just yeah, like the of skinning of it and the, the, yeah. being involved in the we, whole process. What kind of dick would I be like, hey, come out, guys. You guys just stand there. <laughs> I mean, we would have no, understood. We totally would have gotten We would have understood. Uh, yes, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That's the worst. But again, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah of course. Now walk us through uh, the bison from today because there was a cool moment. Yeah. It kind of it turned funny, but we get to Rome Ranch. Mm -hmm. We have that really awesome moment with Taylor and yeah. we talk through yeah. just. The spiritual side of yeah. what we're doing, yeah. hunting, getting the bison, y'all go to the herd and then what happens? Right, so we drive out there in the little uh, 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 Polaris or whatever, uh, me and the guide and then uh, John and Hal. And so like we, th there's a set of young bulls mm -hmm. that like two, two and a half, uh, coming up on three, that's not the age to kill them. So there was one that was like ready to go. Or there's a couple, there's like four or five. And so um, we, you just have to drive around until you find one, and then you got to get a clean shot. Because mm -hmm. if you don't get it immediately dead, then all the others come up and start stomping it, and they like it's like a horrible. This is only buffalo, like yeah. cows only this way, because mm -hmm. uh, they're true herd animals, and like an injured animal is actually a, a threat to them. Yeah. It attracts predators, mm -hmm. whatever. So, um, so if it's badly injured but not dead, they kill it. Mm -hmm. And so you know they. they they wouldn't even let me bring my own rifle because it's like a 308. Like, we're not sure it's high enough caliber. I'm like, it's a fucking 200 grain <laughs> bullet, man. It's going to go through a, like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, oh, I you're like, dude, if I shot, use... you're like, dude, if I shot someone in my house with this, it would blow through the guy, through the wall, <laughs> drop the engine on my car, and kill my car. Dog. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, like, uh, I'm like, fine. Oh, they have a 30 out 6. I'm like, guys, yeah. it's the same bullet almost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 40% more powder. I'm like, the muzzle velocity is the same at 50 yards. Don't, whatever. Math. Fine. I'll anyway. shoot. And then of course I show up and it's like kind of a ratchet old thirty odd six. It's been a, in the trailer, oh, yeah, dude, yeah. with a crappy scope. And I'm like, uh, you guys are fucking. I had a Scar 17 yeah. with an ACOG I could have <laughs> brought out here. Okay, cool, whatever. I'll shoot. This. You're almost like I could have shown you a cool gun. Right. <laughs> you robbed yourself. So, fine, fine. I'll, sh I'll shoot this. No, no big deal. You know, we practiced, yeah, nailed yeah. it, no problem. It, it is. They have it zeroed. It's I'll a, shoot it's with a, your Arby's gun. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, a, a gun's a gun. It wasn't fun. <laughs> So we get out there and we go around and then like 
uh, we're looking for it, and we're, I mean, we're just, it was like what, five minutes. Yeah. And they're like, oh man, it might be half an hour. Because we might have to kind of get it out. Got to angle, yeah. gotta, you know, got to make sure what's behind it, this, yeah. that. We get out there, man, and I'm telling you, we're not even halfway through the herd. And he comes up, he goes, oh, it's a pink tag, which is pink. He's like, let's see if we can get around on this one. The motherfucker sees us, turns right faces at yeah. us, and starts slowly walking towards us. And I, he's like, this guy goes, and sometimes they pick themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this mother, like, I, and so he, he actually was coming so quickly towards us. I, I had to, um, you know, it was on a nine X. Yeah. I had to scale it back to five. It was still too close. He actually put the fucking cart in reverse, mm -hmm. backed up 10 yards. The thing stopped. And then a, a couple of cows were walking over. He goes, he goes, watch for those cows. I don't want you to, bam, I just got it. <laughs> no, like, you were like, what? You got it centered. No, no, and he told me exactly yeah, what yeah. you know, like, you don't want between the eyes, you want above, above right? the stem, yeah. because you, yeah. essentially you want it when it's coming up from grazing, because mm -hmm. you want to get into the stem so yeah. it dies immediately, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so like, dude, I'll be honest, like I didn't say to anyone, I was, I wasn't nervous of the shot. I just didn't want to fuck up the shot, yeah. Yeah. man. Like, yeah. for not embarrassment, like, I don't give yeah, a yeah. fuck, right? Yeah. I was like, man, if I fucking wound this buffalo, yeah. and, and don't you have kill to watch him, about respecting oh, God, and watch him stomp it and all this shit. It's like, uh, I, I actually did, no, not talking about spiritual shit. I'm like, uh, my guides and helpers and angels, please, for the buffalo, let's get this just right. Just let me shoot to yeah. kill. Let me get yeah. this right for, the, yeah. for him. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, boom, took the shot, and perfect. Like, yeah. he literally just went straight down. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. a perfect shot. Thank God. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I literally said, like, thank you guys. I owe you one. <laughs> the whole herd comes up. But yeah. they told us it's going to happen. And they, like, nudge it for a while. Yeah. And, dude, it really is weird. It's almost like they're grieving. Yeah. yeah. And so they, they literally, we just sat there for, like, five minutes and watched yeah. it, 10 minutes and mm -hmm. watched it. And then that's when you guys started to drive mm -hmm. up, We right? kind of came up yeah. slowly, okay. yeah. And then um, then we kind of started driving around it to mm -hmm. get them away. And then Taylor took a cart over mm -hmm. and fed them in a different area mm -hmm. to draw them off with some hay. Yeah. Strung it up on the on the backhoe um, and then drove it over to the processing yeah. area and started fucking cutting in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, it was, I've, I never in my life thought I would shoot a buffalo at I wouldn't even 50 yards that yeah. was 20 yeah. yards mm -hmm. at most maybe 15 yeah I mean that was like I thought he was going you to can almost up. convert to feet the distance that you were <laughs> he was so close yeah like I almost thought he was gonna, like it felt like he was gonna I know this is uh, uh, motivated reasoning mm -hmm. sure right but dude it really felt like uh, he knew his time was there he was cool with it I'll turn into it. I, it felt like he was, he's like walking, he was going to put his head on the, I swear to God, if we'd let him, I think he would have come straight yeah. up. He was really come. like, yeah, it's me, right? Yeah, Just yeah. cool. It's cool, guys. I got this one. Yeah. Got I mean, it. Yeah. I, it's fun. Like, I, I was telling my, my uh, uh, some of the guys I hunt with who aren't quite spiritual. Sure. Like, they're, they're, the reason I go with them is because they're super fucking rich guys with a badass lease. <laughs> yeah. And they let me on for way little, way yeah. less than I should mm -hmm. be paying. And they're good dudes. They're, they're not. Uh, they're respectful. They're, they're not. not a, yeah. They're respectful-ish. Mm. Like they, they always take the deer in, clean yeah, yeah. the deer. Yeah. Sometimes they'll leave the hogs out. Like okay. they're like kind of, uh, not that spiritual. But um, I, I tell them like, listen, like uh, you know, most Plains Indians uh, uh, believe that you know animals would sacrifice themselves. Like and it's, they, they, the deer was a great friend of the Indians. It, it's the animal that willingly gives itself for your life, et cetera, et cetera. And he goes. 
One of my buddies, Bill, goes, yeah, I, I think that too if I was killing deer. <laughs> I was like, you have a very you know, good point. Whatever, whatever you want to put in there. It is a good point, man. I have no yeah. argument. I'm not one of them. Yeah. It's telling you how they saw it, mm -hmm. and it makes sense. You yeah. Know? So. And you connect with it. Like, that's what you connect yeah. with. And so... Yep. Tiger, we know that you got to take this bison yeah. that we just talked about to yeah. get a process. So you, can, you can see the ice melting. Yeah, you can see. I thought yeah. you were going to say blood for a second. Yeah, I was no, like, no, oh, no. no. no, no. Um, um, we got one more question for you. It's a question we ask all of our guests. You take the honor. All right. What does it mean to you to be Texan? It's actually a difficult question. I mean, there's an easy... Sure, there you go. Yeah. off answers yeah, yeah. to it, but that, if you actually think about That's it. That's why we ask it. <laughs> it's a difficult question. I'll tell you. All right, so this is what comes to mind for me. We kind of talked about this a little bit. My wife and I picked Texas for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Then COVID hit. And, um, and then, you know, the bullshit lockdowns, and then all the fucking riots, and then the uh, vaccines, and then... Don't murder hornets. Uh, uh, yeah. Murder, murder hornets. I, mean, I forgot about that. Which are not in Texas. Which are not in Texas at all. Yeah. Um, all that shit hit. And again, we have the money and resources. We could have gone anywhere. And we re-looked at Texas. And was like, not only do we want to stay. If I was anywhere else, I think I'd come. Yeah. And there's a lot. I mean, I can go through all the different reasons. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think... If what we're seeing is some sort of, in the cycle of empires, the constriction phase and the tyranny phase, if that's true, mm -hmm. and I think it is, but who knows, we'll see. If that's true, then I think freedom is going to make it stand mm -hmm. in America, and in America, it's going to make it stand in Texas, right? Which I mean, it's the only state, but uh, I think it, all things considered, I think it, this is the place to be if you care about freedom and if you're willing to do the work for it. Everyone says fight for it. It's easy to fight. It's not easy to do the work. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Right? That's the, the big thing yeah. I learned on psychedelics. Mm -hmm. It's easy to have an enemy. Like, yeah. if you're the bad guy, I don't have any problems. Right. But when I realized you're actually not the bad guy, the even same. if you're a fucked up asshole and are bad, whatever issues I have mainly are within yeah. myself, right? Yeah. Um, and so, like, I think if there is a group of people in a place, that, a place that has a long history of it, and a group of people who seem like they are in that spot overall, I would say Texas is the spot. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it means to me is, it's the place that I, my family and I have chosen to make our stand, to do our work, um, and and to do our part in making sure at least some part of the human race stays free. Yeah willing to do the work for the freedom we're right we are alongside you in the work Absolutely. and thank you for the job um but also thank you for <laughs> i didn't give you the job that's true <laughs> you didn't even interview with me that's yeah. true you got um, hired on your own merits that's fair um thank you for starting the thing that i now work at thank you for letting us take part in today we know that it was a very special time with your kids and so we feel very privileged that we yeah, have to be dude, part of it i'm glad to have you guys and thank you for working for freedom in this of course yeah. all right god uh, bless you tucker max Bye, y'all. You going to say bye? You going to say bye, Vaughn? You going to say bye, Vaughn? No, Vaughn don't want to say no. bye. Vaughn's like, when my podcast comes out, <laughs> going to blow this out of the water. Tucker, thanks so much, man. Thanks, man.
<laughs> and what a great episode interview that was with Tucker Max. Tucker, if you are listening, thank you so much. Thank you for your time, sir. For literally everything. Also, shouts out our friend Reese. He shot the entire interview. He recorded it. He recorded uh, the he whole thing. He was amazing. He was awesome. Loved every second of getting Reese, to see I'm going to put your uh, Instagram link in the Give bio. him a follow. If Give you have a, a wedding coming up, he he's, does weddings. His videography is amazing. It is literally off the charts. He is a very chill, calm person. So on your special day, you know, if you've got all that stress, you don't want to have to be worried about your videography as well. He has got you covered. Speaking of covered. Speaking of covered. I saw him. Who'd you see? Lance. <gasps> Where'd you see him? I saw him in the bathroom. Oh, really? Our Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0s came in. Which you can get 20% off. 20% off at manscaped.com. So I was in the bathroom and I was having my secret tickle time with my Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. That extra five minutes. Nice and clean down there. And I'm buzzing it, and I'm buzzing it. It's getting just all the hair off, shedding it, mm-hmm. so to speak. And then out of nowhere, Lance just kicks down the door, and he stares at me, stares at the lawnmower 4.0, stares at me, and says, quit making your balls look like my head. And then he ran away. Do you think he was jealous? I think, yeah, a little because, bit. Because you've got like a full pouch. I got a full pouch, and he's only got he's, the half. He's got kind of, he's got some extra room down there. You yeah, know? exactly. That's So it's really, you know, when we say four million men use a lot eight, more, you know, you know eight, eight million, million balls, we really mean like, seven million, nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Right. You, Because Lance, Because Lance sort of throws off the numbers there. You know, he's always there to throw the curve off. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that, that was good. That was good. So if you see Lance, don't forget, we want to hear about it. Either slide into our DMs on Instagram at TexasPod or send us an email with subject line Lance Siding yeah. at TexasPod at gmail.com. Give us the follow on Instagram if you haven't yet. Go leave five stars on Apple Podcasts for that review or five stars on Spotify for that review. Give us the written review. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear your feedback. Absolutely. If you have any thoughts, any questions, comments, concerns, anything that you want us to cover, let us know. Except we're never going to cover our newly shaved package. I mean, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it because of the lawnmower 4.0. Manscaped.com, 20% off with Cotex-ish. And that is all. Worldwide free shipping. 20% off. Bye, Bye, y'all. We're really excited about our ads, if you can't tell. If you can't tell. <laughs> We're just so happy to have a sponsor. We're just so happy to feel validated. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>